Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same-day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 75 of the White Tone Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and we have another episode for you guys this week. <laughs> well, guys, this week we have Dano from Eastern Woods Outdoors and DoubleSteps.com. The guy is absolutely awesome. If you are a DIY guy, you like saddle hunting, you like mobile hunting, this is the guy for you. If you want to tinker, change your sticks, find different methods of climbing, anything like that. This is the episode for you. Doublesteps.com, doublesteps.com, doublesteps.com. Dano is the man. We're going to get into it. Keep it nice and short. All right, guys. Welcome back. We have the man behind Eastern Woods Outdoors. Dano himself, the creator of all creators, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that came up with a product that I will use probably for the rest of my life. And we're going to get into that. Well, we got Dano on. What's going on, man? How are you tonight? Hey, we're doing great. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. We're we are very, on, man. very excited to get you on tonight. I know both Austin and I both use your products and we love them. Awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, I remember I heard about you the first time. Uh, Walter Lee from Chasing Tales podcast. Mm-hmm. He was talking about um, getting some stuff to mod some sticks and he was talking about this doublesteps.com, doublesteps.com. I was like, what is that? And I. I started going on, and immediately I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is something special right here. I like this." Yeah, he yeah. did a good video at putting the sticks together. I think uh, almost a year ago. Oh yeah, uh, building the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The double steps thing it threw me off for a little bit. I'm like, "What is this doublesteps.com?" I I mean, I've heard of Eastern Woods Outdoors, and <laughs> and then sure enough, as yeah. soon as you go on, there you are. You're right there. 
I'm like, okay, it all started to come together now. I, I get it. This is the guy that whenever you want to do a DIY or put anything together, you're the place to go. Yeah, and it's a little confusing, isn't it? Uh, Eastern Woods Outdoors and the whole DoubleSteps.com website, but that's how we started and kind of got stuck with that uh, domain and couldn't change it after we got going. Everyone knew how to find us. Yeah, well, that makes sense, honestly. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. you want to stray away and and lose any of your customers or. No, I'm I'm, right. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Well, Dana, right off the bat, why don't you uh why don't you tell us who you are, where you're from, what what you do for a living? Anybody who hasn't heard about you, let, right. let them know what you, what you got going on. Yeah, so from southeastern Michigan, so in between Flint and Detroit, but not too close to either one of them. And really, just been a hunter. You know, we hunted small game back in Iowa when I was growing up in Iowa, and when we moved to Michigan in the mid '80s, probably when I got into deer hunting. So I've been hunting and climbing trees ever since. And uh, I look back at what I did and wonder how I made it this far. (laughs) We did not use, you know, tethers and lineman ropes, and uh, we didn't do any of that. So it's uh, amazing we made it this far, but, yeah, we're here. We kind of got going on, uh, you know, double steps here a few years ago and kind of was just doing a bulk purchase uh, for a bunch of guys on saddlehunter.com and that's kind of where we uh, kind of got started that's beautiful yeah i didn't know that about you so mm-hmm. let's let's jump right in then we mentioned it already eastern woods outdoors that's your company that you have kind of like an online distribution site maybe you want to call it or a, a, a supplier of products so mm-hmm. why don't you jump into kind of the history and you mentioned just where you became or where it became from but jump into the history in the early years and and where you are today yeah it's come uh come a long ways um like i said we did that we did a group buy for double steps uh guys were asking for you know somebody to make double steps for lone wolf sticks and you know we started with one product it wasn't a company it wasn't a business plan it was, I've got a buddy, <laughs> he's a machinist, and he can make these things easy. So we kind of did a couple group buys and back in 2018, and it just got to be, we did a couple of them, and I'm packing them and sending them out, and you know I'm not making that single dime on it, I'm just doing it for my buddy and helping guys out, and I said, i got to make this easier. <laughs> so I, that's where DoubleSteps.com came from with one single product out there to, you know, help guys put the double steps on their sticks and then requests started coming for squirrel steps or platform parts and pretty much geared towards the DIYer. So a lot of our stuff in the beginning and still is really for the DIY. So, you know, pretty quickly we're like, eh, we got to change the name to Eastern with that or <laughs> something different. <laughs> um, there's a little history behind the name, but it was a kind of quick, for the moment name, but uh, my last name in Dutch is from the Eastern Woods, Osterhout, and so kind of Eastern Woods Outdoors kind of went that way. With I like and, that. That's a cool twist, man. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So now we're up to, I don't even know, 250-some products um, on the website now. And it seems like it's always growing. I mean, I feel like every time I go on there, you got new arrivals and just yeah. <laughs> what's coming up next and i'm like oh man it's always something 
Yep. Well, like I said, we get a lot of requests from guys. Uh, let's start with the double steps, squirrel steps, and, you know, we get requests for things. And, yeah, like if I can source it, you know, we'll put it on the website. My machinists can make it. Or if we can source it from somewhere else, we'll put it out there. Awesome. And your main focus is typically the mobile hunter. Would you say that's fair? Yes. Yeah, definitely the mobile hunter. And really, the niche, you know, the root is saddle hunting. Yeah. Um, saddle hunting customers. But um, it's not exclusive. There's so many things. Climbing stick. Uh, that's not exclusive to saddle hunters. And then, uh, you know, all the accessories. So we have pretty much everything for the saddle hunter, except the saddle, but we're not exclusive to saddle hunting. Is that something maybe you might do in the future, throw some saddles on there? You know, I've been asked multiple times, and we've thought long and hard about it, and I kind of like where we are right now. Yeah. We're, we're saddle independent, and once we hook up and start selling saddles, then you have the whole Ford Chevy thing. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Oh. And the brand loyalty, mm-hmm. and we're kind of independent right now, uh, at least on that front. So uh, I kind of like that, and probably will stay at that point right now. Yeah, there's a lot of good saddle choices out there. My buddy Jamie Klein is doing his saddles now, and uh, there's there's a lot of good saddles. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And there's there's so many options now as far as like when I first got into. Saddle hunting, it was really like you had arrow hunter and you had tethered. And if you could find an old trophy mm-hmm. line, that was what, what kind of happened. Right. But, you know, there really are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to throw brands, but you got TX5 and, and the H2 saddles and just, I mean, so many different options anymore. Even trophy lines come out with new ones and tethers come out with new ones. It kind of blows my mind at how many there are. <laughs> wild I'm, Edge. Right. Yeah. Wild you know, Edge has like, one. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like everyone's coming out with them now and it's, and it, what sparked that too, and even with you, Austin, you know, it sparked kind of the the guys out there to DIY their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I did. I didn't really yep. think that I was going to really particularly enjoy saddle hunting as much as I did. So I ended up going out and I bought all the materials and I I built my own saddle right off the bat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still mm-hmm. think it might be the most comfortable saddle <laughs> that I've sat in, but um, so no. I've been using. My own DIY one, so it's awesome, yeah. man. I love it, and that, that's kind of that's the thing with me. I love tinkering. That's why I love your website so much. Just putting mm-hmm. my own stuff together. You know, I know that I built it. It's my way. If something happens, right. it's my fault. I, you know, it is what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Austin definitely got me involved in it because uh, before him, I mean, I had no clue about any of this stuff. I was not a DIY kind of person. I was always, you know, go in and and find a product that I like and buy it for what it is and, you know, not really alter it and use it as they sell it, which leads me to kind of the next point. I mean, you guys, you mentioned before this, you're starting to do kits now, which when yeah. I went in and I bought the Ultimate One Stick, um, mm-hmm. I was really excited that I, and I even weighed the option of either building my own or just going with what you had already pre-made. And really, for the price, you can't go wrong for the pre-made one. I think you're saving a little bit of money than going out and doing it all myself. So I, if you right. want to get into some of your kits, I think uh, that's something worth talking about. Yeah, we, we kind of started with, um, you know, the, the Ultimate One Stick is the one kit, our biggest kit that we sell a ton of. And then we added the repelling kit. So we had a few other repelling kits out there, and I just kind of took the most common, you know, configuration 
and just threw that into another repelling kit. So uh, all you got to do is add the Ultimate One Stick and then add the repelling kit, and it has everything you need except your saddle and your uh, lineman's rope, which most guys already have. Right. But we got some new products coming that will then I've been kind of waiting on before I do my own tether kit and lineman kit. We've got some six millimeter sewn eye to eyes coming. Ooh. So once those are available, then that's really what I've been waiting on to make a you know a tether and alignment. Yeah, I can awesome. dig that. Awesome. But I think it's kind of worth mentioning too. You do have your own climbing stakes as well. We do. Yep. Uh, we sell them individually, kind of our top of the line as a package. Yeah. Uh, whereas before it was always you know buy the tube or buy the tube locally, buy your double steps and standoffs, Aluma button. And, yeah, people just wanted an easier way to order that. So we took our top of the line and, and just put that into a kit or a package. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So when you go to his website, if you guys listening don't understand kind of what we're talking about here, if you could think of, you know, any mobile stick out there right now, you know, whether it's Lone Wolf or, um, you know, any other the, the brands, this is basically what you can go on and you can customize on doublesteps.com the stick to exactly how you like it. You know, the length, if you want a double step, single step, if you want a platform top, I mean, you go all out with your products and you can literally take it down to the very utmost detail, which I, I really like about the website as well. Yeah. that And that's, I, I hate shoehorning people into a, you know, one size fits all. And, you know, when we first started a few years ago, everyone, the rage was cutting sticks down to 24 inches. Yeah. So, you know, a yeah. few other manufacturers had some 20 inch, a couple others had maybe a 17 inch. So, you know, we offer 12, 15, 18, 20, 22, 24. And then we do custom sticks all the time at, you know, anywhere in between. So we got a set of sticks going to get dipped here. They're going to be 30 inch sticks with, you know, three double steps. So we, we hmm. kind of customize, do it all. I can take that. I want to talk about all the different options for sticks. If you can get into kind of, I don't know, maybe some of, you know, what you offer, like the standoff pieces, what everybody's options are. I know we're talking a lot of pieces here, but maybe <laughs> give an idea of what some of the more common bought custom built sticks look like. Yeah. So we kind of mentioned the, the package deal and then we call that our, you know, the feather stick option, the ultralight feather stick. And that's our anodized, which is a black anodized coating, which makes a great base coat for painting, or you can leave it as is. And then that's all of our ultra lightweight components. And in your components, you're really only talking a few items. You got your stick, you've got your steps, and you've got your standoffs. Uh, the only other component is your, your, you know, button. We have a, a Luma button. Mm-hmm. And so the customizations come in. You know, that's the high end, but then if you didn't need the anodized or if you didn't need the ultra lightweight, then you can drop down to a more of a, a standard version where you just buy the, you know, top and bottom steps, the two standoffs and the Aluma button. And then you maybe buy, you know, the tubing, you know, locally. If you got a, you know, metal shop around or a company can buy, you know, just that one inch. But so it, it really comes down to, you know, how much weight you want to carry. If you want to make it lightweight, so the standard and ultralight, and then you have raw aluminum, or you have the black anodized, and then and that's pretty much 
all of the components have those options. And then, you know, like your steps, we offer in a straight step or an angled step. And guys ask me all the time, you know, why, you know, why do you want one versus the other? And kind of a personal preference, but I can like the straight steps. You're standing, thinking on you know, top of your stick, hanging your neck stick or hanging with a hang-on or your platform to have both feet flat on one surface. It's kind of nice. Doubles as a mini, mini platform if you're saddle hunting for just a couple hours and you don't even bring a platform. But other guys want the angle double step to be able to, if you're on a leaning tree, where your foot might not slide off as easy. So those are some of the configurations. And then the tubes, like they are ultralight feather sticks, we do in 12, 15, 18. We just added 18, 20, 22, and 24. If you want, we can actually make them up to 48 inches. Oh, so, man. 32 is the longest we have made, but uh, yeah. kind of you seem to be getting out of that feather stick, uh, ultralight uh, <laughs> arena <laughs> when you get up to those 32. But, you know, they can be made, you know, any any distance, you know, you want to put on your step distance, you make uh, get a stick to make. I got to be honest. I want to meet the guy that is the first person to do the 48-inch stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I, had someone talking about it, and uh, it was more, I think it came down to just, it was definitely a preset. Oh, yeah, just yeah absolutely. On top of the other, and it was a preset, just putting them up. So, I think I talked them out of the feather stick, though, just because, you know, the price you're paying, if it's a preset, just get one inch to it. <laughs> Call right. it good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I'm right there with you. You have a couple of different options for your standoffs, too, right? Yeah, well, the standard in the ultralight, but basically it's the same style. The only other standoffs we have would be like for a platform standoff. Yeah. So those are real, you know, the stubby ones. Keep your platform close to the tree. But we have, we do have the rotating standoff option, I guess. We don't sell a ton of those. I'm not a real big fan of moving parts, so I haven't really pushed that, but we do have the rotating so it doesn't have the ears on it. So, they can rotate around to make them flat for packing, or if you want them rotating to be able to grip the tree on an angle to a bit better. I did test some new standoffs today that were made for hawk helium. Uh, we had a lot of people request, you know, better standoffs for the hawk helium. So we'll be adding that to the site shortly. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you, you can't find, you know, a, a Facebook page or an Instagram post anymore that doesn't someone in there doesn't say hey man Dano made me this great custom stick <laughs> I asked for this this and that you know I was a real pain in the ass and he still did everything I asked I mean I see those testimonials everywhere everywhere yeah and, and I love that it's just I you know it's the customer satisfaction I mean obviously we got to make a little money to stay in business keep the doors open but I just get a kick out of you know guys being happy with it yeah yeah so i'm gonna have to get a hold of you eventually here because i'm gonna need a repelling kit so I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that's the next on my list to come but <laughs> mm-hmm. so what new items are coming uh to the already 250 plus that you have available what new ones are coming out we've got some um variations of some products coming so watch for some new products uh, from Kong 
that might be maybe a different color, maybe have our logo on it, you know, carabiners and ducks, and then also from Mad Rock, we're working with them directly. And then rope, which has been really, really hard to source uh, and keep in stock. So we've got some new rope options coming. I'm not sure how soon, but you've maybe seen the Canyon Elite from uh, Maxim or Tupperberger, uh 9mm, a little bit, kind of a combination of Opflux and uh, Canyon uh, C4 from Sterling. Okay. No way. So, yes, it's not as stiff as the Sterling Canyon, um, but it's 9mm, so it's in spec with the Mad Rock Safeguard. Sweet. So we don't like selling the you know, Opflux or Rescue Tech, which are 8mm, with the Safeguard. So that's not a kit that you can purchase, but you can purchase them separately. And I use still Opflux with my safeguard, but uh, we don't put that in a kit. So this nine mil Canyon Elite is much more packable, and we're really excited about it. So um, we should have some options with some different camo colors coming soon. That's what I'm talking about. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So and then the Monarch yeah. uh, from out on a limb uh, for our ultimate one stick. So right now we're using the Scout from out on limb, and then we're just getting their first batches of our own Scout uh, that we're uh, making locally so that we can try to get caught up and then stay caught up. So we're working with Matt on that, on our own version of the Scout, and then uh, we'll sell the Monarch as soon as he comes out with that. And there might be another option as well, similar you know, to a top of stick platform. Okay, I like it. There might be. I like the <laughs> the mystery there. <laughs> Keep them guessing, so man. I love it. Yeah, you mentioned out on a limb. Is there anybody else outside product suppliers that that you use towards some of your products that you that you make or put together that you want to give some recognition to? Well, we work with a lot of you know just individual guys that are making uh, items. When we've been working with Jamie Klein doing the Mater Sweaters yep. forever. We sell a pack of socks for a guy out of Pennsylvania, uh, Jeff, and then we sell Hangtime. So uh, Jeffrey Malera from uh, Hangtime, New York. So I like working with different guys. Uh, Sam Sotowski, that he's known as the AM Steel guy. All of our AM Steel products, uh, minus one or two, are made by him. Oh, awesome. And he provides those. And the SRT Saddle Hunter, Luke Dottle, makes the 316 Fullberry uh, one stick rope. And there's some others I'm starting to work with. We're, you know, trying to set up some things. I just love working with, uh, you know, other companies, giving them a platform to sell their products on and giving customers a one-stop shop. Yeah, man, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think most of the DIYers out there can really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who's your, your biggest, uh, I guess who's your biggest customer base then? Is it, do you think it's saddle hunters or do you think it's, I mean, I guess it plays hand in hand. DIY guys and saddle hunters are kind of a mix, but I'm seeing a lot of guys out there that are DIY and even for tree stands, just for the mobile mm-hmm. sticks. Yep. Yep. I mean, I still think our base is saddle hunters and it, I think that's our, our core. But, you know, with more and more, you know, people trying out the one stick, I, I don't know if that's helping to contribute more and more people trying out saddle hunting. So. You know, saddle hunting has just exploded. Uh, we'll thank Greg and Ernie and Tethered uh, for all their marketing <laughs> yeah. on uh, getting saddle hunting to be uh, kind of recognized and uh, more and more people getting into it. So I think that is still our, our biggest customer base. 
Okay. Yeah, I would definitely think, uh, Greg, myself, I, I know I first learned about it through a podcast that he was on that I was mm-hmm. listening to. And then I remember, uh, I remember back pitching the idea to you, Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think you <laughs> called me crazy or something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> it was so foreign to me and I was so used to a run and gun set with a sticks and, and a stand. And that's what I was comfortable with. And like, Thinking about hanging from a rope from a tree and then swinging around, I was like, ah, I don't know if that sounds safe to me. And then I tried it. And then, uh, yeah, it was just like handing my wallet over. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the misconception of a saddle hunting is that it's not safe. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you go to the one stick and I was talking to an older gentleman today and I mean, we have customers that are, you know, 76 years old buying the one stick and repelling kit. Oh man. And oh. yeah, it's amazing. I, I just, I guess there's hope for me as we get older, but the whole idea of being clipped in at the bottom, climbing up, hanging from the same, not even disconnecting and then repelling down, it's actually a pretty safe way to go. Yeah, I guess so. You never disconnected. I mean, nope. that doesn't sound bad to me. Yeah. Do you want to break down what one sticking is? If they haven't seen the Greg Staggs video, I mean, obviously, I would say once you get done listening to this podcast, head over to YouTube and look that one up. But do you want to explain <laughs> what that looks like to anyone? Because I know even when I first heard about it, I was really had a bad misconception of what the process actually entails. Yeah. And there, there's some older videos out there that, you know, maybe it doesn't look as easy, but I think the way well, Scott Hesterly uh, was showing Greg's son how to do it. You know, one sticking so easy, even a 13-year-old can do it. You know, that's a video. The funny thing is about that video, it was not planned. Scott was there visiting and pulled out his equipment, was just showing Gabe how to climb. And Greg pulled out his video and said, hey, let me just videotape this. Now, half of America has seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check it out. But the main premise is using a small stick. Mostly for packability, and you're not really using the stick to gain distance, like climbing from step to step. You're just using it as a place to put your feet and raise your tether or your rappel line as high as you can. And then the addition of a two-step or a three-step aider then allows you to make the most of a single move. So I use a a 15-inch stick with a two-step 22-inch aider. I'm six-five, so I can get get by with a longer step distance than some. But we make the step distance anywhere from 12 to 24 inches, basically. So I can hang my my stick at the uh, cam cleat right about eight and a half feet. Oh, man. So <laughs> so I can then step into the aider, climb up, and most of the time I don't put on my lineman until I get up to my bottom step. You know, And then I'll climb up to the top with my lineman, and now my feet are at nine feet right there. So I hook up my rappel line, which is my climbing line, my tether is all in one line. And I put that as high as I can reach it. And then if I have to, I'll use a safeguard to mini rappel a little bit to where I can reach my one stick. Mm. And I can reach it from underneath. We have a little wire handle that sticks out six, eight inches. You just kind of grab that, loosen your stick, pop the rope out of the cam cleat, and then raise it up as high as you can reach. And Tuck it under your rope, rope holds in place, tie it off, and climb into the aider and climb back up and do it again. So you're not going to really get that, you know, a nine foot on the second climb because you're kind of hanging on the side of the tree. 
but some places I can do two moves and be a hunting height. Um, otherwise, I'll do three. Oh man, I'm I'm thinking about you getting your first stick and your feet at nine feet. That's at <laughs> least two sticks and an eighter for me. I'm a little short guy. I'm like five seven. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there's an advantage sometimes, but and then the best part, I was I was repelling even a couple seasons ago when I was using two or using three or four sticks. And I was always repelling at night. I, I find it safer coming down in the dark when it's been raining and freezing, sleeting, and climbing down the stick. I started just repelling and then popping my sticks off as I went down. And so the repelling was kind of a natural for me to then just, you know, you're one sticking. I've never attempted to one stick down. It can be done. People say it's not that bad, but most say it's, yeah, don't try it and just repel down. And, you know, stop, grab your stick, hang it off your saddle, and repel the rest of the way. Uh, so it's pretty slick to walk in the woods with uh, your stick and repelling gear. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say I did not have the repelling item available to me. And like I said, I climbed your one step, your mm-hmm. uh, ultimate one stick, about four times. I've climbed it now. The first time one sticking down was interesting. Uh, yeah. I had to come up with a groove because... The first time, I'm trying to think, the first time I tried to come down, I think my actual, uh, my actual tether was in a way and it kind of got stuck on the steps and then I had to fix that. And then <laughs> the second mm-hmm. time it was hard getting it reset. But I'll tell you, even after I found a groove, it took me a little bit, but the best part about it was I was always safe coming down because again, I was always attached to the tree, you know, right. so. Just using a tether and uh and a simple rope ropeman one, I was able to adjust my my line pretty quickly and and get down to a, an, a like down maybe to my first eighter step, and then mm-hmm. come across, pull it off, put it down, and then reattach it. And those cam cleats are really neat, man. That that is yeah. whoever came up with that idea. That is a great addition to it. Yeah, we've been working on our own version. Uh, we got. That might be a change coming out, but something that's not quite a can cleat, but works about the same. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw, uh, I've, I've seen a couple other options out there, but I kind of like the one that's on your ultimate one stick so far. It's, it's um, easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely easy. And, and I know they say there's a little bit of noise if you just rip mm-hmm. the rope out of it, but you know, I, I get down low enough that I can, just kind of pinch it out with my fingers and I can re- reduce that noise down to nothing. It's yeah. really not that difficult. And that's not even without, I know there's a couple guys out there that have some mods to mm-hmm. adjust it. So it's not as loud, but um, right. again, I don't, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. That's just not me. So I like <laughs> to leave that in your hands. You produce the product and I use it as it's, uh, as it's <laughs> supposed to be used. Yeah. <laughs> I can dig it. All right, well, let's get into, uh, I don't know if you had any more questions on that, Charles, but I was planning on maybe getting into a little bit of hunting. What do you think Let about me, that? I, I do want to touch on one other option, if okay. that's all right. Yeah, go for I, it. I, wanna, I just want to get his opinion, uh, Dano, on like the repelling method. I know you mentioned uh, you use the Mad Rock, but I've also seen on your site that you have the Bill Birdie. You have some other options. I, I can't remember if I saw like the figure eight on there or... Some other yep. um, uh, belay devices. Can you get into yep. kind of what all you offer and 
how they go together and, you know, what people can use as other options for uh, repelling. Right. Yeah, the uh, the two affordable options are the, the figure eight and the, um, like an ATC style yes. device. I've got the Gravel Master Mono, uh, which has been hard to keep in stock. The Gravel products uh, over in Europe, hard hit with COVID. Same with some deal products uh, that are coming from Europe. But the figure eight and and the ATC style uh, belay device are uh, very affordable. So you don't have to spend, you know, the 90 bucks on the Madrox Safeguard. But for one sticking, the Madrox Safeguard does triple duty. So that's where I think it does make it a little bit easier because you can use it as you're ascending. Some of the videos that are out there, I will say, show guys climbing up to their top step before they raise their tether, and there's a lot of slack in your line. And that's one caution, I would say, is you, know, you have to be very careful on their slack management when you're one-sticking. Because if you fall, you slip, and you've got four or five feet of slack in your line, something's going to break, and it probably won't be the stick or the rope. So it's going to be you. Uh, so, uh, be careful with the, with the slack. So that's where the safeguard, you can be pulling up the slack as you're climbing, uh, yeah. before you even raise the tether up. And then you can hang from it, and then you can repel from it. But if you're using a different way of getting up in the tree, or using multiple sticks, and you might want to repel, then the figure eight or the ATC style device, you know, they work great. You just gotta back them up with a, you know, an auto block, so you're not seeing so go hands free, or you tie them off. So you can go hands-free to take your stick off. The deal birdie we added because we were having trouble keeping the Madrox Safeguard in stock. Mm-hmm. I personally have used it and tested it, had no issues with it. Uh, it is technically more like the Madrox Lifeguard, which um, has the spring in it. And the Safeguard doesn't, and so it, it grabs immediately. So there's, you know, the rope's not going to slide through it at all. Uh, if you stood up, and you had that as your, uh, you know, on your tether. I've heard that if you had the lifeguard, the Grigri, or a Beal Birdie, and you took, you had slack in your line, it could slide down. You know, it's not hmm. weighted, so then it could slide a little bit, potentially. So that could, you know, you'll look down and it's sliding and it might give you a, a little thrill there, but I think it's perfectly safe and it's a little more of an affordable option. That was totally a selfish question on my on my part, by the way. <laughs> I've been I've been looking into a bunch of different options on the site, and I just couldn't figure out which one I really wanted to. I kept coming back to the Madrox safeguard, though, and yeah. I have heard you know some people with minor complaints with the Bill Birdie, the Grigri, and um, mm-hmm. you know with that same design with the uh, with the spring in it, as you mentioned. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. Let's, uh, Austin, take it away. Let's go into some hunting stuff, man. Yeah, man. Well, Dana, I mean, I know we talked a little bit before the show, and you said you didn't get to hunt a whole lot this season. But why don't you get into your season a little bit, and then also you mentioned a really cool canoe hunt that I would really like to get into as well. Yeah. So we didn't get to do a. I didn't do a whole lot of archery hunting. Just you know, four or five times got out. No shots taken. No deer harvested. So didn't get a get blood on my arrows this year but the canoe trip was was is always a highlight something that we used to do every year for years and then the river where we hunt ehd hit hard one year and yeah just decimated the herd so we let it rest uh five six years and just went back uh this year and saw you know 
plenty of deer, biggest deer in the wild. Two of our guys <laughs> got a shot at and missed. Oh, so man. it was a beauty. We ended up falling because we were making sure it wasn't a hit and uh, bumped it into another hunter and he, he was able to harvest it. It was a young guy, young kid. And, uh, that was just great for him to be able to get, uh, would have been better if someone in our group got it, but I'm just glad that, you know, he, he had a great experience with that. I'm not good at, you know, scoring him, but he was, a, he was a dandy. We normally don't see anything bigger than like a, maybe a nine small tent, but it's more of a brown it's down, shoot, shoot some deer, fill the freezer type hunt, but it's a canoe hunt where we'll canoe in the dark and set up and hunt. You know, the first couple hours, you know, I hunted out of the tree the first morning and had a, you know, small buck walk down in front of me and took the opportunity to shoot him. And then, uh, you know, then we normally do deer drives uh, during the day. So we think of a river as it's bending around and we do deer pushes from either the base of the peninsula to the tip or vice versa. Have a couple guys, you know, sitting and then a couple guys uh, pushing. We had six of us uh, that hunted you know, the two days. It's a grueling hunt. I mean, you're canoeing, you're walking, pushing, sitting, you're doing everything, but it's, we love it. It's a great hunt. And then the last few hours of the day, we kind of find a spot set up and, you know, get climbed back up in the tree. That sounds like a blast, man. Yeah. Yeah. This year was a little different. It was here opening day in Michigan was just horrible. Uh, it was just rain and, and windy and trees were falling all around me. I'm in this pretty sturdy tree, I thought, much bigger than I would normally hunt. And it was, I was hanging on. It was, uh, it was swaying in the wind and I'm thinking of contingency plans, you know. Maybe this repel thing is a pretty good deal. <laughs> this tree starts going down. Maybe I can repel off the one side or something. But uh, it was it was pretty uh it was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, you're hearing trees crashing all around. So. Oh man, you don't have. Do you remember what the date was on that? November fifteenth. Yeah. November fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. Right. That's, no, that, course, that's that extra day we had. That's, that's that extra Sunday, day we had. The Sunday, and we were out yeah. that too, Dano, and it was. A nightmare, man. There were trees falling around us. It was oh, 60 wow. mile an hour winds, I think. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing was it kept a lot of people out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There weren't uh, as many people out there. And, you know, we had, uh, we had a good hunt that, that day. Oh, man. That is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you were out in that too. Yep. Yep. So I was out there. And now, now typically I, I climb and hang from my rappel line, but that was like one of those exceptions where, I'm going to keep my rappel line dry. And so I climbed and hung with just a normal tether. So, you know, the funny thing is, I hunted that whole day. I never took my saddle off. And I, you know, I had my backpack with my one stick on the back of my backpack, doing deer drives, you know, crawling in the canoe, get back out, in and out of the canoe all day. And I had my saddle on the whole time. So, you know, you can't do that with a climber or with, you know, a, a... hang on tree stand and five sticks. You're not going to be sitting there doing deer driving. <laughs> no, that would definitely be a pain in the butt, man. <laughs> I can yep. only imagine. I, I can think of just, I don't even know what I was thinking before, carrying a backpack and a stand and sticks and everything. I was so heavy. I mean, that was it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you switch over to a saddle and you, you come to the dark side and it's, everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so much easier to, 
get back farther. And I'm not a huge, you know, mobile hunter, public land hunter, uh, mostly because of time. So I'm hoping things are going to change up this year with uh, more hires uh, at Evo headquarters and uh, I'll be able to get out in the woods a little bit more this year. That's the plan. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you have any yeah, trips? Oh, go ahead, buddy. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Do you have any trips or anything planned this year, Dana? Uh, nothing in the works yet, but we had a canceled Wyoming trip last year due to COVID. Yep. So I do hope to, uh, uh, we've got about, you know, five, six of us that go to Wyoming and hunt every few years. So we're, uh, we're saving up preference points and we either do a mule deer hunt or a pronghorn hunt. This year. That and sounds awesome. Keep getting more points for elk and go out for elk uh, during more years. Excellent, man. Excellent. So, Dana, did you go through the natural progression, you know, like Austin and I, we started off, we were, you know, ladder standing climber guys, and then we went to, you know, the mobile stands and steps, and I even like Austin said, can't believe we ever did that, but coming from putting that heavy, bulky climber on your back, going to that, we were like, man, this is the coolest thing ever, we're you know, we're slender. We, you know, we're slender and we have all this extra room and, you know, everything else. And, you know, it's not so bulky to get through stuff. And then now, hell, I'm, I'm running your one stick. He's just running a couple of steps with haters and saddle. It's pretty amazing. Did you progress the same way? You know, I was more opportunistic, uh, like on that canoe hunt and taking advantage of other ladder stands or old two by four tree stands that I had no business climbing. But oh. I would climb up anything. I would climb a lot of trees. I did a lot of tree climbing. You know, anything I could get just up above, you know, the veg- vegetation a little bit or up in the swamps. So I was just climbing trees mostly. Quite a few years I did carry the mare step, you know, the strap on the mare step. Oh, yeah. We public. We can't use screw-ins on public land in Michigan. So no, I we can't either. Strap on, strap on the mare steps to just get, you know, a few, few feet higher. But even that, I thought that was too bulky to carry around. So I went lightweight most of the time. And then on private land, we had, you know, we set up ladder stands and which worked well with my daughter when she was younger, my son hunting with them, you know, a ladder stand. I mean, that's just, that's just, fun. you know, side by side. But then we got the saddles. I got her in a saddle. I think she was 14, 15, maybe. And a multi, multi-trunk tree is what you're looking for with kids. So she's on one trunk facing one way, I'm on another trunk facing the opposite way, and you're side by side. And uh, that's the way to go. But So I never used the climbers, used stick and hang-ons, and then private hands did a lot with ladder stand. Cool. But I won't touch them now. I, I won't hunt out of a ladder stand. I won't hunt out of, out of a hang-on. There's a preset ladder. I'll maybe climb up it and then climb above it. <laughs> and sit in my I love it, man. I love that. Yeah, we're kind of the same way. I know I hunted out of a couple fixed stands this year, and I did the same thing. I basically climbed up and used them as a platform and just hung out of my saddle rather than sitting in them. And I, I do feel it's more comfortable, and you definitely stay warmer as well. I don't know. Definitely more comfortable when you're six five, and most of those hang-ons <laughs> and ladder stands are built for guys that are five seven. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I, I feel totally exposed in a ladder stand or a hang-on. I, I just feel exposed yeah. um, after saddle hunting. It's like there's nothing to block, you know, the deer from seeing me. 
So I that I really like saddle hunting from that aspect too, just hiding behind. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I actually sat in my stand this year for one sit, just for good time's sake, and I actually wore my saddle in it, but I sat in my stand. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was standing up there, and I was just thinking, I was like, what if I'm actually hunting in this, and I just think that I'm saddle hunting, and I just step off the stand? <laughs> like, you know, I'm so used to it anymore. It's just <laughs> it was almost like a safety factor thing for me at that point, and then I ended up standing like Charles said, and just saddle hunting out of my stand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you oh, basically yeah. built your company on your own needs, on your own hunting style. I think I love that the most about it. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, hmm. and you'll see a lot of the products I carry are things, you know, it's tough for me to put anything in stock if I'm not going to, you know, there's a few things I might not use, but, you know, everything from, you know, the double steps to the coffee mugs, you know. <laughs> the hat. That's a hat that I'm going to wear. It's not a hat that uh, you know I, I wouldn't wear. So I, I put things that I use, I'm confident in. We're expanding more into camping too. I saw so, that. Yeah. Yep. Nutterbuster. I don't know if you guys, if you guys know Nutterbuster from no, Saddlehunter.com. I don't think I know him. Don't he's got some videos out there too, but he's he's doing. Uh, he runs my chat, my online chat during the day. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, eight to five, and then uh, my other employees uh, they each take turns at night uh, running our chat feature. But uh, he's kind of more into camping too, and he's going to be coming up with some new products. And we saw the rooftop tent, which has been real popular. Uh, camping has been really big since COVID. Guys, you know, you're not going to want to go out, you know, fly somewhere, or you know, might not want to go to a hotel, but and you can always go camping and you can stay socially. Yeah. I love camping, so we'll probably be expanding that a little bit more, too, with the help of Nutterbuster. Yeah, man. I can absolutely dig that. And I was actually on there the other night, and I saw that you had a uh, you had a Blem rooftop camper for sale. It was really reasonable. Yeah. Yes. Is yeah. that something that you still have in stock? I do. I've got it. And that's one of those that it, it's too costly to ship. Yeah. Um, it's not pallet. It's not all boxed up. So it's really you know something that's close, maybe Ohio. Um, you know, Michigan that would pick that up. So kind of got out there early, hoping that's when we want to get the jump on, uh, you know, camping soon before, you know, it gets warm out and kind of get that secured. But, yeah, man. Well, if there's any of our listeners in Michigan or Ohio, it's a killer deal on a rooftop tent, man. Get over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell, even Northwest PA ain't that yeah. far from Southeast Michigan. We no. can make that trip that time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, we're all about the tent, the tent camping too. I have a truck tent, a little bit different, but you know, I had some experience with rooftop camp in uh, Iceland. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. fun, though. Cool. What is this rooftop tent? You're going to have to inform me. I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it's... Yeah. Dano, you yeah. go ahead and take it over, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've i always thought they'd be a great addition, and I've got a truck, F-250. Uh, they're made for cars, SUVs. You can put them on about anything that's got you know, a roof rack, but I love... Diamondback tonneau covers right there in Pennsylvania. And the Diamondback tonneau cover for hauling quads or anything up top put 1,600 pounds on that. Oh, well, man. you can also put, you know, load bars up there and mount a rooftop tent right over your bed. And with an eight foot bed, I can put that rooftop tent. It doesn't stick off the end. It's about seven foot long. And like I went to a demo day there in Pennsylvania last year. I rolled in about 11 o'clock on Friday night. And pulled into a level spot, 
is at a hunt club, and in one minute, my rooftop tent was popped up. So think of a pop-up camper with no yeah. slide-outs or anything. It just, it just pops straight up. And uh, it's once you unlatch it and push it, it just goes up on its own. So it is literally a one-minute setup. And in one minute, I was crawled in, and and takes about two minutes to put it away because you kind of got to tuck it back in. So it's canvas on the sides, and it's got a hard top and a hard bottom. So ultimate pull-up, no messing around setting up a tent, sitting in water or any of that. Or you're in Yellowstone and Bear Country, uh, at least you've got a little bit of height to get off the ground a little bit away from the critters. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I like it. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I might have to look into that in my eight foot bed. That might work out well. I'll tell you what, Charles, I yeah. know a guy that has one for sale. <laughs> uh, you know you know <laughs> You got his number, I'll take it after this. <laughs> They're in stock, I hear. They are. Oh man, I love it. I love it. We are getting closer on time, Dano, but one thing that I I really like to get out of all of our guests. Your favorite hunting story. I'm kind of throwing it on you a little bit, but I'm sure you have one kind of out there in your mind somewhere, whether it be your first deer, your favorite deer hunt, maybe an elk hunt, a turkey hunt, whatever you got, yeah. my man. Oh, man. The, uh, the the first hunt, that the first deer, that would be a story. Oh, oh, we chased that buck all over the county. It wasn't a very good shot, put it that way. But one of my favorites is really the, the elk hunt. I did in Wyoming with my kid. Excellent. Uh, Let's get into that. Four, yeah, 14 and 16. My daughter was 14. And it was the three of us camping in a cargo trailer. I think one morning we woke up, it was negative 12. We were hunting at Christmas time in Wyoming. And we stayed warm. We had a great time. And we chased elk in snowshoes up and over mountains uh, for a week before we caught up with them. I've never hunted elk before that trip. So, <laughs> but uh, it was a cow tag. They both had a cow tag, and uh, I think we were down to the last hour. Snowstorm coming in. One of those, like it's now or never. We had gotten in front of the herd. They were coming up over the other ridge across from us, 250 plus yards away. And my daughter was it was her day, and uh, she had to. It was a really awkward shot, and you know she got off a couple shots at one, and. We had to climb down the ridge, climb up the ridge, and then as we peaked the ridge, I gave the gun to my son because we weren't sure if we would see a different elk when we got up over there because we had seen, you know, six or seven of them, but we kind of thought there'd be, a, you know, the rest of the herd over there. And sure enough, we get up there and 25 yards away, there's a, you know, cow up. We couldn't tell if it was wounded or not. Uh, it was just, here, shoot. <laughs> so within... You know, an hour, they both got a shot at an elk, and we did come away with an elk on that trip and had to haul it off the mountain. That was, that was, that was just a great experience. Uh, never forget the, the hunts with your kids. And they just, uh, are awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome story, man. Absolutely awesome. I haven't yet experienced elk hunting myself. Charles might be maybe heading out this, this fall. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may bring be someone to help carry the elk or bring a horse or something. That might <laughs> be me. <laughs> They're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. They, they were troopers. I, I left the hide on the, the hindquarters and they each drug a hindquarter off the mountain. And uh, <laughs> I took everything else in my backpack and 100 plus pounds of meat. And 
they kept wanting to stop and take a break and didn't understand that I couldn't really take a break. Um, <laughs> right. The backpack, um, they're just standing there like, yeah, let's take a break. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I said, I'll meet you back in the truck. <laughs> so Dana's a beast, man. Stay together. You stay together. You've got the gun. Protect your sister. I'll go get the toboggans and come back up and meet you. Sure enough, I go down, come back partway up the mountain, and there's my son with the rifle dragging his hindquarter. My daughter's nowhere in sight. <laughs> oh, I was like, where's your sister? Ah, oh, she's too slow. <laughs> so she's dragging fresh meat off the mountain. Okay. So, but we were all safe, so it was fine. That's what counts, man. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I mean, besides the honey, I mean, just driving around was hilarious because, you know, it's so windy out there and there's, you know, there'd be six inches of snow on the road. You turn the corner and there's a four-foot drift, you know. And uh, the longest we were stuck was two hours. And, uh, you know, we were had to shovel your way out. I mean, there's no help coming anywhere. So we were in the middle of nowhere. It is so uh, otherworldly how much snow they get out there in the winter, isn't it? Yes. And how <laughs> desolate it is. How far <laughs> apart everything is. We didn't see, we saw two other, two other, uh, trucks that whole week, I think, while we were hunting. Oh, man. That's pretty intense, man. Yeah. yeah. This was, uh, Wyoming, right? Wyoming at Christmas time. Yep. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Can you ask for a better Christmas than that? I mean, that's just, that's killer, dude. You know, I, I hung some, you know, LED Christmas lights inside the cargo trailer. So oh, see, you're like festive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dig it, man. They got an elk, so Santa must have came. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Dano, well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, social media, your website. We've mentioned a couple mm-hmm. times, but throw it out there, man. Where, where can anybody find you, get a hold of you if they want to order something or just learn some more information about you and Eastern Woods Outdoors? Yep, that's our Facebook page, Eastern Woods Outdoors, uh, website, doublesteps.com. Uh, you can hit me up direct at dano at doublesteps.com, or you can call us. We normally answer the phone even, 866-EWO-HUNT. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that was your number. Now I'm going to have to call you and bother you all the time. (laughs) <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I had a lot of fun with this episode, and uh, I was I was happy to go ahead and geek out with you on, you know, the mobile hunting stuff and the saddle hunting stuff, because yeah. that's what Austin and I are familiar with, and uh, uh, we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I had fun, too. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Anybody out there, go check him out. Go to his website. Make sure you go uh, visit DoubleSteps.com, order some stuff. You will not believe how much stuff is on this website, and I think there's something for everybody out there. 